it was it was a little country schoolhouse that was heated by an old-fashioned pot-bellied coal stove and the assignment was given to you two young men two boys to start the fire every morning eight-year-old Glenn and his 13-year-old brother Floyd had the job of coming to school early to start that fire and warm the classroom before the teacher and the classmates arrived. It was one particular cold morning that started off normal but ended with tragedy. It was Floyd, the 13-year-old brother that mistakenly grabbed a can of fuel that he thought was kerosene to start the fire. Instead, it was gasoline. And that little stove exploded into flames, and then following that, the schoolhouse was completely engulfed. And as the students came upon their classroom, they found these two boys unconscious. Floyd died as a result of that fire, and Glenn was left with major burns over the lower half of his body. The doctors recommended amputation, but... Glenn's distress was so great that his parents refused to allow it in that moment. The doctors predicted he'll probably never walk again, and he was released after a season of time to the care of his mother. And in his care, she, in her, her care, he began to flourish. Every day she would take time to massage his legs. There was no feeling. There was no control. There was nothing. When he wasn't in the bed, he was confined to a wheelchair and day after day proceeded to bring no good news. It was a sunny day that followed that cold winter that his mother wheeled him out into the yard to get some fresh air, a little vitamin D. And on that day in particular, as he sat there, he was looking around and he was evaluating his circumstances. He had already declared, I'm going to walk again. I'm not going to stay in this chair, mom. This isn't where I'm going to be. This isn't my destiny. This isn't where I'm supposed to stay. This isn't the plan for my life. There's more in store. I, I just refuse. Keep massaging my leg, mom. Keep, keep pressing. I don't feel anything yet, but keep working. And, and there was some therapy that was new for the time, and, and she exercised that therapy. It was in the 1930s and <clears throat> 1920s, and and, uh, and she just exercised with him the little that she knew to do, but slowly and surely the blood flow began to come into his body. But everything wasn't right the one morning that he found himself in that wheelchair on that sunny day. And as he looked around, he saw in the distance a little picket fence. The picket fence that surrounded their yard. And as he was stuck there in that wheelchair, something challenged him not to stay there any longer. He had, he had been there long enough. He had been in that location. He had been in that position. He had, he had been in that handicapped place for, set, for that season of time. But as he looked, he saw the picket fence that surrounded the yard of his house. He determined in that moment that he wasn't going to stay there. His, his mom had kind of pushed him out and, and she had just kind of left him there on his own to, to warm in the sun. But as he looked at the fence, he decided that he wasn't going to stay in the chair any longer. Now, I, I, I wish that the story was that there was a miraculous healing and he jumped out of the chair and he began to run around the house. But that wasn't the story. It was a little different. He, he actually got out of the chair with the, the use of his arms and he fell to the ground and he began to crawl over to that picket fence. 
And when he got to the picket fence, he got a hold of it and he pulled himself up onto those legs that couldn't function until he was able to get his balance and he held onto the picket and he began to pull himself along one picket a time at a time along that fence. And the going was slow. It was difficult, but he was determined that he wasn't going to stay in that location any longer. I'm sure that his mom was upset with him. She said, you know, Glenn, what are you doing? What do you think you're doing? You don't have feeling. You don't have the ability. There, there are parts that the fire took from you that will never be replaced. There's no way for you to accomplish what you're attempting to accomplish. I, I don't want to steal your dream, but I want to I declare the reality. And, and, and that didn't dissuade him. He, he began not just on that one single time to work his way along that fence, but every single day he would ask his mom to wheel him out and he would get a hold of the fence and he would begin at first with haltering legs to, to make his way along. But after a while, strength began to come in his legs. After a while, along that white picket fence, the grass got beat down. And, and then, before too long, it became a well-trodden path. And, and then the fence was no longer the place that he needed to stay. He began to walk to school every day. And then when walking was everything that he could do, he, that, that he was able to do, he began to run every day. There was something inside of that boy that refused to allow him to stay in that position. We're talking about the courage of a human spirit. But I'd like to remind us that there is a God that sees a fallen humanity and he's determined not to leave us there. There is something about the power of the human spirit, but I'd like to introduce the power of the Holy Spirit this morning. I'd like to remind us that the Holy Ghost looks at people that have been put down by life circumstances. They have fallen because of sin, but God never intends for us to stay in that location. He's looking for a white picket fence on our horizon and he's just looking for something in someone's spirit to say it's time to get up and go into the plan that I had that God has for my life Glenn Cunningham's story didn't stop there maybe some of you have already searched him up on Google in the last couple minutes but it was in the 1932 Summer Olympics that he finished fourth that handicapped boy that refused to stay in a wheelchair, didn't let life hold him down, didn't let circumstances hold him back. He was determined that he was going to move forward, not just, to, not just in his chair that, that held him for that season, but he was going to move forward into the rest of his life that he had intended. There was something in him that was determined to run. There was something in him that was determined to go. I, I just, I hear the echo of the Apostle Paul saying, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus and it may mean that you've got to crawl your way along the grass for a little while it may mean that you've got to get a hold of the picket fence of life and begin just to work your way into the plan that God has for you but I'm encouraging someone this morning press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. 
the enemy will always lie to you. The enemy will always distract you. The enemy will always keep you seated. But there's something on the inside of everybody that says it's time to get up. And it's time to go forward. It's time to walk into the destiny that God has prepared for me. God did not design us to sit. God did not design us to stand still. God would have, come on. We're built with the ability to move. God designed us with the intention for us to go. God is speaking in the spirit. In this last end time hour, it's time to get up and it's time to go. God interrupted Abraham's normal life with divine appointment. His destiny was described. His duty was detailed. And so onward he journeyed, but it came after that call that God gave to him. God said to him in Genesis chapter 12 and verse 1, Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country. The call came to Abraham to get up and get out. It's time. You can't stay here any longer, Abraham. This place has held you from the destiny that I've designed for you. This Ur of the Chaldees isn't where I have designed the future. So it's time to get out. Abraham, it's time to get out of the comfort zone. Abraham, it's time to get out of where everyone else is doing everything for you. Abraham, it's time to get away from all the security that, you've entailed, uh, that you've, you're entertaining in your mind. It's time to get out. And Hebrews summarizes Abraham's lifetime with just a few verses. It said he went out not knowing whither he went. He didn't know where he was going. When the call came in the supernatural, he didn't know exactly how he was going to get there. He didn't know exactly what it looked like. He, he didn't know how much hurt was going to be there along the way. But it says he went out not knowing whither he went. Anyone else been there before? Where are you going? I don't know. Anyone ever get like that? Kathy's asked me that on the way out the door before. Where are you going? I don't know. But I'm done sitting around here. These four walls aren't calling my name. There's something beyond. Woo. I'm going for a drive to McDowell. I'm going to grab my fishing rod. I don't know what I'm doing. But I'm not staying here. Is it just me that does that? Sometimes I'm just burning gas. I don't even know where I'm going, but I'm going somewhere. And I think that's what Abraham, he went out not knowing whither he went. I don't know where I'm going, but I just, I just have the urge to get out. I don't know where I'm headed, but I can't sit here any longer. All I know is that I, I, God, God can only direct the boat if it's in motion. So let's get the rudder down and let's get the boat in the water and let's get going. It's time to move into the purpose that God has designed for us. So sometimes we don't know. Say, Pastor Jack, where are you going? I don't know. But we're going to just get one foot in front of the other. We're going to get the sail in the air. We're going to start out. And if we start out, then I have the confidence that God is going to lead us. It's just kind of like this service this morning. It's just kind of the way the, that God has ordered and ordained the events that have already happened here today. I, I don't know where I'm going, but I'm going somewhere. When we get there, we'll figure it all out. But, but somewhere along the way, God's going to steer us into the purpose that he has designed for us. Now, I understand, I, I, I do, I understand the, the need for us to, to get coordinates and, you know, the, it in the map software. I, I don't like just spinning wheels for nothing, but sometimes I, I just know you got to get up and you got to get out. Winter does that to me. 
The cold keeps me in, but my spirit's beyond. My spirit's somewhere in July. Oh, I could make, we could preach that for a little while. All the naysayers, all the meteorologists. Has anyone else watched with eager anticipation the special weather report? And I'm not shooting anyone down. I know it's all due to the mapping, and they're just kind of warning us. It's a warning. It's not, it's not a forecast. It's a warning. So here, but, but we all get, whoa, oh, my Lord, we're going to get 77 millimeters of centimeters, inches, feet. I don't know by the time we're done here. But I just, I just know that. That if we, if we listen to all the naysayers, if we listen to everything negative that's going on, often we'll just sit tight. We'll, hold, we'll be held back from the purpose that God has for us. But I, I, I can't describe it. I just know that there is a call in the supernatural to get out. To get up and get out into the purpose that God has designed for us. Now, now Abraham, it said he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker was God. Eh? Abraham did not know that looking for that city would last a lifetime. Abraham had no idea that that, that search would, would last through losing his dad or, or that that looking would last through family feuds over well-watered plains of Jordan. He, he didn't know what it would mean, that it would mean strapping on his sword and shield and fighting wars and battles. And, and God, you didn't tell me that I'd have to climb mountains and you did not say that I would have to sacrifice my own son. I, I didn't know that it would mean interceding and, and searching for ten righteous men in wicked cities. I, I didn't know. I didn't sign up for all that. But here's what I did know is that I was not going to stay put. I, I was not called to the Ur of the Chaldees. I was not designed to stay in that location. I, I wasn't, God never intended for, for me to stay there. So I just got up and I got out. And as Abraham began to journey, God began to unfold who he was. And God began to unfold what he could do. And, and God began to put something in Abraham that all this bank account back in the Ur of the Chaldees couldn't. It was that faith that God placed in his spirit to walk on into the future that he had for him. And I feel it in this place this morning that God has a divine design on CCC and God has a divine purpose for our city and I, I hear the call to come, to come a little deeper to go a little further, not to stay put, but to get out of that thing that was designed to hold us back and into the plan that God has for our life Abraham Abraham didn't know that he'd bury his wife and he'd be left with his son. He didn't know. He didn't know. As a matter of fact, Hebrews eleven thirteen said, These all died in faith, not having received the promises. You say, what a wasted life. No, 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 we're not finished the verse yet. But having seen them afar off. And then scripture goes on and says, And were persuaded of them. That's my level one, number one, first priority this morning is to encourage someone to look at the things that God has placed on our path to persuade us to continue on. Because the enemy will lie and tell you it's time to stay put. The enemy will lie and tell you that is your destiny. The enemy will lie and tell you with your first failing, with the first fire that you find yourself in, he'll tell you that is where you were designed to stay. That's what you're supposed to be. But God's calling in the supernatural realm for someone to say, I'm persuaded that God has more in store. I'm persuaded that God has a plan for my life. I'm persuaded that I'm a prayer warrior. I'm 
persuaded that I'm an outreach director. I'm persuaded that I'm going to be a Bible study teacher. I'm persuaded that the revival is going to come at my hand with my help. I am persuaded that an end time promise is going to be received. I'm persuaded. They, they were persuaded of them and they embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrim on the earth. They were persuaded. Persuasion is that ability that some of those salesmen have that I wish I had sometimes. You know, some people I know, they could, they could sell anything to anybody at any time. Whether you had the money or not. They just begin to talk and before long you're like, your, your jaw's hanging down. How did I live without this? I don't care what it costs. I'm going for it. You know, it's just some of the ability that, that's the power of marketing. That's the, the power of those things on social media that we didn't even know we needed. And then all of a sudden, it's something we're wanting. Gotta have it. It's that power of persuasion. That ability to move into our spirit and say, this is something you need. That is what God said happened with Abraham. That's what happened with Sarah. They said these all died in faith. Not having received the promise. But having seen them afar off. They were persuaded of them. That power persuaded them. That opportunity persuaded them. It didn't matter what it cost them. It didn't matter how long the journey was. It, it did not matter all the struggles that they had to endure. Why? Because I'm just, I'm persuaded of those promises. I'm persuaded of what God said he was going to do. I'm persuaded. Persuaded. Even if they could only see it afar off. Persuaded. Paul reminds us, he emphasizes it again in Romans chapter 4 verse 20. He said, he staggered, Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And we're coming to the end of this series for the month. And we're looking at you know, where we already are. We're, we're one month, it's almost hard to believe that we're, we're close to one month into 2023. And hell's at some people's heels and, and challenges already there. And some people you've already settled back in the seat that would define you and hold you back. But God is still coming back around this morning to say, I, I just came to persuade someone that he's talking about you. I just came to persuade someone this morning that it isn't for the ones just on the front pew. It's not just for someone that's shouting amen in the middle. It's not just, it's for everybody. I, I just came with the Holy Ghost helping me today to persuade someone. We, we sang about it through the fire. Come on, sometimes it's through the fire. It doesn't mean that God's finished. It means that God's still at work. It's through the fire that you're going to be made strong. It's through the fire that God's going to raise you up. It's through the fire. It's going to burn everything else off that God doesn't need in your life. And you're going to be left with the hope that God is still at work in you. That's what God is doing in somebody's life. When hell's at my heels, how am I going to move forward? When news is bad, how am I going to go ahead? When the outlook is grim, how, 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 how? I'll tell you how. Be persuaded. Move doubt out of the way. Move everything. You know, hell is going to come at us. He will fight us. He fights what he fears. 
But Paul said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. How, Paul? How? How, when all of those things are happening, how, how are we more than conquerors? How, when the enemy's already got our name on the list, that we're accounted as sheep for the slaughter? We're number 764 on the slaughter list for the enemy. How are we more than conquerors when, when we're already in line for what the enemy's designed to destroy us? How are we more than conquerors when, when it seems like we're stuck? I'll tell you, Paul said, let me tell you, let me tell you how. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor anything angels, nor principalities, nor powers. Come on, someone just let that settle in your spirit. I'll back up one more time, but someone just let it enter in. That neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing, 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 nothing can separate us. Nothing can keep us from the plan that God has for us nothing can and you you just let yourself become persuaded about what God is going to do and it doesn't matter what the enemy says it doesn't matter what he brings your way I'll tell you why because you have been persuaded God is on my side God is working for me God is fighting for me God is here on my behalf Alex mentioned it in the, in, in, in the prayer. He, he said, Job said it, though he slay me, I've got it right here in my notes, yet will I trust him. Job said, I'm en route to divine destiny. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. What? And then he, he read the rest of the verse. I will maintain my way. What did he say? I'm just going to continue. I'm going to keep moving forward. I'm just going to go in. I, I'm going to go into the plan that God has. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I'm en route to my divine destiny. I will maintain my way before him. I'm going to continue moving forward. Joseph said it. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Paul said it. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to his purpose. Persuaded. If I went back to Glenn Cunningham, it was his favorite verse found in Isaiah 40, 31 that encouraged him that Olympic athlete was also a Bible reader and a Bible believer. And I've got to think that somewhere in his spirit, the strength to go through what he went through came from the word of God. He said, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Pastor Jack, you don't know the year we've been through. Pastor Jack, you don't know what I'm coming into 23 with. You don't know where we're at. I, I don't, but here's what I do know. The Lord shall renew Whatever strength you lost along the way, whatever you lost on the journey, whatever it is, well, while you haven't yet received the promise, but you're persuaded of it, as long as you stay persuaded, God's going to come alongside and he's going to bring strength for the journey. The Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run 
and not be weary. And then in my mind, I see little Glenn Cunningham along the picket fence. They shall walk and shall not faint. Because as long as the enemy can keep us there in the chair, then we'll never walk into the purpose that God has designed for us. And so we are encouraging everybody. It's time to move forward. Jesus said it like this, in your patience, possess ye your souls. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded in 2023, CCC, that God's not finished with us yet. I'm persuaded. I am persuaded that there is revival in our little city. I am persuaded that there is a future for your family. I am persuaded that miracles, signs, and wonders have already begun. I am persuaded that they are ours to receive. I am persuaded that God will have an apostolic, Pentecostal, revival church in 2023 in our city. I'm believing that God is going to do it beyond the four walls of 71 Downing Street. I'm trusting that God is going to let revival fires burn in many areas of our city until God illuminates us for the world to see. I am just persuaded. We can come back to the music this morning. I, I am persuaded that we are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I'm persuaded that our lower auditorium won't hold all of the children that we want to attend our church uh, uh, that, that, that are yet to be reached. I'm persuaded that if we keep reaching for the people that nobody wants, that God will give us the people that everybody wants. And God can take the people sometime that nobody wants and turn them into the people that everybody wants. That's what I believe. You want to know why? You want to know why we reach out? You want to know why we keep pressing? You want to know why we keep going forward? Looking for the people that may look a little bit like this to some of us? I'll tell you why. Because on the inside, there's someone that's willing to walk along the picket fence until it's a path, until it's a future, until it's a hope, until God performs a miracle. That is what I believe. We are, come on, we are still believing that God's going to reach into nations through our church. We're believing that our capacity is not our seating capacity. It is our sending capacity. And we have the ability and the opportunity. Oromukto is going to see revival. Our world is going to see revival. But we're going to get there when we determine to get up and get out into the future that God has prepared for us. the Spirit of the Lord is here right now. The Holy Ghost. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded that the millennials are mighty through God. I am persuaded that we will have an end time revival that is poured out upon all flesh a multi-generational international revival locally. I still believe that God has called us into this position to be a light in the midst of darkness. I believe that God has a great intention for our church. I'll tell you what, if you went back in our past, there were seasons where it seemed 
like this was CCC's lot. It looked like that was the designation. It looked like that was the future. And, and some people may have said in some of those seasons, it's all over. But God strengthened. But God brought vision. God brought hope. God brought strength for the journey. And we may not have even seized yet what we've seen in the spirit, but we're journeying on. We're believing. I'm persuaded that God is going to do a miraculous thing. We were talking with Jeremy and Nicole this week about the number of newcomers in our province. Some of the statistics are only available for the first quarter of 2021, but in New Brunswick alone, there was over 6,000 people added to our province in the first three months of 2021 to our province. A number of those were in Fredericton. As a matter of fact, there's some trying to estimate or guesstimate MCM reports and going through government websites, which I, I'm going to tell you aren't always that easy. But it looks like there could be upwards of somewhere between 5,000 people in, in Fredericton that God's brought in the border of our city. I don't believe that as a church, a community church, that our walls aren't going to be impacted by some of those newcomers. I've got to believe that God says, you know, not only am I sending you two, but I'm bringing them here so that they may know of what, some of what we know. I am persuaded, I'm persuaded that we're going to have end time revival of every culture. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded that we can be like the children of Issachar, which were men that had understanding of the times. They knew what Israel was supposed to do in the season that they were walking in. And I believe that God is going to place people in our midst, that God's going to rise up leadership that knows what to do in the seasons. When we are all kind of looking bewildered, that God's going to plant something in our spirits that say, here's what we need to do now. I believe that I am persuaded that God is going to do it. I'm persuaded that it doesn't have to be another church. I'm persuaded that everybody that we need to have end time revival is here in the room right now. That's what I believe. I believe. I don't believe that we have to have some giant flash of brilliant light of an individual that's going to turn it all around. I believe that God is going to use every single one of us to accomplish his purpose. And I am persuaded that I'm going to be a part of it. I'm persuaded. I echo Paul when he spoke of Timothy. That's the way I feel of CCC. He said, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. He said, I am persuaded that in thee also. I am persuaded, CCC, that it's right here. Does it mean that my, there may be some priorities that we have to establish? Absolutely, but I, I'm persuaded. 
Does it mean that there's some, some direction that God's given us that, that might, might require us to, to make some adjustments here and some, some adjustments there? Absolutely. But here's what I am persuaded of. I'm persuaded that God is going to bring us into apostolic revival. I am persuaded that the altar will not hold all the people that God is turning to repentance. I am persuaded that that baptismal tank wasn't an option. It was a necessity. I don't believe that it's there for decoration. I don't believe it's there as a nod to our past. I don't believe it's something that we just kind of put in because we need it. I tell you, we need it more than we need anything else in the room. We need that right there. And it's going to overflow because people are going to come to a place of repentance and people are going to come to a place of remission. God is going to wash sins away in that tank right there of souls that he's going to bring into revival. I am persuaded. You may as well take turn around and take a look at the balcony because I'm persuaded it's going to be full. I told Kathy I'd like to get cutouts and put them up in the seats up there to represent the souls that God is going to bring into this place from our city. I am persuaded. I'm persuaded. You can stand together with me. And just as much as I am persuaded of every one of those things, I equally understand that that strikes fear in the heart of the enemy. And his attempt is going to be to keep us back from moving forward. You can move that way. believing I'm I'm persuaded that some of what we're facing right now is just the fire that God is going to bring us through and when we stand on the other side we're going to say that's why God did that it was Glenn Cunningham that in 1934 broke the world record the little boy that sat in the wheelchair unable to move had to be pushed into the sunshine became the world record breaker, a record that he held for three years. He believed. He believed in his mind that he could break the four-minute mile. He didn't quite get there. He almost did. But he did break the world record. The world record that was held for three consecutive years. And while men were beginning to understand the power of the body and how to move, for three years he held the world record for running. He held the world record and knew that he was the one that sat in that chair but he was persuaded that wasn't where he was supposed to be it may start with a picket fence for us but let me tell you come on make your way over to what God is calling you to and begin come on just begin to move into that promise it it may start with a five-minute prayer every morning it it may start with just a few verses but let me tell you what God's doing he's he's strengthening your ability to stand he's strengthening your ability to move he's putting something in your spirit to go forward into his purpose and his plan God is doing that in the room this morning Someone just pray for a moment. Come on, it's all right to make this personal this morning. 
come on. Come on, I'm, I'm encouraging someone this morning. You're right there at the fence. I, I, I know, I, I know you're, you're looking and you're thinking, I, I don't know if I can. I, I don't want to embarrass myself. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares what it looks like if it means that God has that future for you? Walk into that future. It may look a little awkward at first, but you know what? I'm going somewhere. I'm going. For, I got this call in my spirit. Get the out. Get out of that land. Get out of that chair that holds you back. It was King Agrippa that stood before Paul, and he said, "Almost thou persuadest me." And he sat there on his throne. I'll tell you what his throne was. His throne was that chair that held him back. His throne was that place of authority that he thought he possessed, and it kept him from what God had in store for him. Almost thou persuadest me. I'm just reaching for someone this morning that said, you almost got me this morning, Pastor Jackie. You almost got me. The song, the song said, oh, almost got me. I, I almost made a move. I, I almost took a step. I, I almost determined. I oh, could, could you come out from almost into God's plan for your life? It may look a little undignified. It may look a little uncertain. It may look a little unsteady at first, but I'm just encouraging someone. There's a runner in you. There's a future in you. There's hope that's in the inside. There's some record-breaking capability on the inside. God sees it. So keep on walking. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded that if someone would just take a step by faith this morning, I'm persuaded that if someone would just make their way from their seat down to this altar, that God could begin to turn everything around. I'm persuaded that someone this morning, somebody today, could, have, could become a believer. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded that great promise is right there. I'm, I'm persuaded. Why? Why do you keep talking about it? Because there's, there's not a release in my spirit yet. There's not a release in my spirit yet. I'm persuaded. I wonder if you would just leave your, your seat for a moment and come to the altar today to say, I'm persuaded. I'm making a move. I'm taking a step. I'm not going to be held back by the lies of the enemy any longer. I'm going in. Come on, I love it when we flip up that lid on the baptismal tank, don't you? I believe that miracles are in the room this morning. I believe that healing can happen right here, right now, emotionally, spiritually, physically. I, I believe it. walking saying to God keep walking new believer feel like gold 